Final Fantasy VII Remake reveals some new screenshots as well as details of its material system, and I talk about the five Nintendo Switch JRPG titles you need to play. Next on the JRPG Report. Hello, welcome JRPG lovers. Back to your weekly podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 79. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us yet again. Uh, we thought that we'd have a slow week after uh, Tokyo Game Show, and we did. However, Final Fantasy VII Remake is still in the news, and we've got some really fun things to talk about in this podcast. Uh, fret not atelier raza is in here somewhere so we'll talk about that later and at the very end i've got a special segment for you guys uh off the facebook page this will be kind of a reoccurring uh section every once in a while that we will hit up this week i've uh, i've kind of broken down all the jrpg or jrpg influenced titles on the switch that i've either played or highly recommend we're going to break down the top five that uh, no excuses you must <laughs> you must own and or play and then we'll look ahead at some of the new ones coming out in the coming months for your portable and or home system however you like to play it but let's get into the big news it was shaping up to be a extremely slow week um, until this one kind of came out of uh, seemingly nowhere yesterday. And, and I thought it was just going to be, okay, Square Enix has now shown the box art for FF7 Remake. And they weren't quite done there. There was some new information that came out as well as screenshots. Of course, the awesome cover is a tribute to the original one. Just uh, We actually shared that on the Facebook page the other day. Really just showing a lot more detail than before in, in the new character models. And, of course, the Shinra HQ building looming in front of Cloud. Uh, <clears throat> but we also got new information highlighting uh, Tifa, Barrett, the battle system, summoning Materia, and even showed off some of the Sector 7 slums. So the... First thing we want to talk about is let's give some backstory. They detailed, uh, especially if you're kind of new to this series and you don't know what's going on. This is uh, they're going to probably detail these characters as they are announced. So first up is Tifa, and she is a member of the anti-Shinra organization Avalanche. She also runs the Bar Seventh Heaven in the Seven Sector slums. Although she opposes the Shinra company, she is not fully on board with the Mako reactor destruction plan. While her feelings are mixed, she reunites with her childhood friend, Cloud. They also detailed uh, Barrett as well. And um, <clears throat> he is the leader of the anti-Shinra organization, Avalanche. And maybe I didn't catch this the first time, or this is just some lore that has come out since then. It says Barrett was ex exiled from the original Avalanche due to his dangerous acts. And, well, if you play the game before, you can kind of see why <laughs> why that happened. Uh, since then, he has continued to work independently with his comrades in Midgar. And while he uh, usually contributes to the Sector 7 slums as a member of its vigilante committee, he is also a father who, they say, dotes on his daughter, Marlene. Uh, they detailed the battle system, that you can analyze the enemy's weakness and action patterns and choose actions 
magic and abilities. This is a highly strategic battle system that fuses intuitive action with a Final Fantasy-esque command battle system base. By consuming the ATB gauge, which feels as time passes, and based on character actions, you can battle commands such as ability, magic, and item. Of course, we have the wait mode. By opening the command menu during battle, you will enter wait mode, where time will slow. Not quite to a halt like it did in FF15, but definitely very, very slowed down. You will have the time to properly think about your strategy. From the command menu, you can select ability, magic, item, or limit skill. Determine your enemy's weakness and battle situation and choose your next action. I talked about the shortcuts. Uh, commands can be registered to buttons as shortcuts, allowing you to use them without opening the command menu. By saying the skills you use often, you can enjoy game-like battles without interruption. This one was either new or something I've not seen before. They talked about the burst gauge, and so that is the gauge beneath the enemy's HP bar. It's called the burst gauge. It will increase as you attack, and when it is filled, the enemy will enter the burst state. In this state, the enemy is unable to take action and will take more damage than useful. And Cloud actually has a new burst slash ability, which allows him to easily fill up the burst gauge. So the first thing I think about is the break system from FF13. Now, I woefully hated that system, and it's one of the reasons why I really didn't care for the overall game on top of its other issues i did not care for the way you basically had to do that in order to play the game it doesn't sound like this is that case like obviously your your normal attacks and then obviously if you have special attacks like burst slash they will further further damage the enemy and when you hit this it's kind of like a bonus they say there still are critical hits but it sounds like this is kind of like doing you know a mode to where critical hits are more uh, more likely to happen. You can do more damage. It's not necessary, but it definitely will help make things a little easier. Uh, there are party commands now, so you can switch between the characters you were controlling during battle with the D-pad. You can also open the party command menu with the L2 and R2 buttons to issue battle commands without changing characters. And they have an associated image along with this prompt, and it uh, it actually shows Cloud being grabbed by an enemy, and he is uh, this is a big tank like Mustarchi, so it's got a big metal hand, and he is completely like bound up. He's not getting out of it. It looks like you can now issue party commands, and it's got Barrett, you know, kind of shooting off the desk, like, hey, Barrett, you know, get me out of this, which you would think you wouldn't have to issue a command for him to try to save you from the enemy's clutches, but, you know, it is a video game. You've got to do your thing, right? So I thought that was really cool. We saw in uh, one of the other videos, I believe in the sewers, that uh, one of the enemies had actually jumped on top of Cloud, and he was kind of fending him off with his sword to keep him from attacking. So some really cool little features like that are uh, popping up here and there and just really giving a depth to the combat system. They talk about limit breaks, that each time you take damage from enemies, the limit gauge will increase. And once you've once fully... Uh, accumulated, you will be able to activate extremely powerful skills unique to each character. So they talked, uh, they showed two images in particular. The first one is uh, Tiffin's Limit Break Somersault, and uh, shown here wailing on the uh, Abzu boss down there in the sewer, and just a ring of blue 
is now uh, around her. That they they did some work on these screenshots, guys. They are extremely impressive. By the way, you can obviously check out this entire story and what I'm talking about if you head over to the Facebook page, JRPG Report. I've got that in detail. It also shows Barrett Summit break the grenade bomb and uh, kind of showing him charging up for it. It's, uh, it's Big Shot, but I guess they've renamed it. You'll see a bunch of things have been renamed. Um, they show not only him charging up for it, but him uh, blasting it off there in the distance. So the big thing I want to talk about a little more in detail, and you can actually um, check out, I made a YouTube video for this as well, really talking about materia. So, Materia was one of the things that was probably one of the better, if not one of the best things about Final Fantasy VII. And, of course, there's been, like, how does it work? Is there going to be changes? It looks like they're keeping it very uh, faithful to the original. So, here's their description. They say, by equipping, equipping Materia to weapons and armor, you can use abilities and such as magic. There are various types of materia, ranging from magic materia to command materia, independent materia, summon materia, and more. Depending on the slot, the materia can be paired together, which will change the effect of that materia. So, for example, they've got the uh, support one with elemental, and of course it's, it's on Cloud's Buster Sword. So those two slots are connected, which means you can use a support one like that. Um... He's got that paired up with Blizzard, which will now give an effect to his attacks. If you were to put on the armor, that would have that in uh, elemental damage. Um, there's even a screenshot showing Cloud equipped with this material combination, striking an enemy. So not only does his sword literally have like ice crystals popping out of it but after he strikes the enemy there's now ice crystals popping out of the enemy as well details man i'm talking these details are just incredible um it looks like they are definitely doing things correctly um one thing i noticed and i kind of highlight in the video as well we can see this on a couple different uh screenshots we already knew a long time ago, and you can even see it on the new cover art as well, Cloud's Buster Sword, it has the two materia slots, and they are both lit up, indicating that he is using those. Now, we didn't know if armor was also going to be the same way, and I think I'd, I'd put a strong bet on that in one of these screenshots, it has Tifa, and it shows her about to... Um, attack an enemy and in that stance you can see a bangle equipped on of course most of the armors are bangles and it actually shows two material lit up on it now i don't think it's a glove because it shows pictures of hers with her gloves and i've not seen any material on her gloves yet this looked right below the glove and looked like a big bangle on her wrist. I've not seen this talked about. Maybe I've missed it somewhere along the way, but it certainly looked like to me that your bangles are going to have material that you can actually see in game as well. 
We also, uh, in the one screenshot, it shows Aerith um, either casting either. It's either slow or stop. And you can see her staff. And you can see one material slot is actually filled up on the left half of the staff. The right side is empty. I thought that was pretty telling. It's, I, you wouldn't have probably caught it at first, but I kind of zoomed in there and I checked it out. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So I'm extremely excited they got this part of the game correct. And just yet again, another little detail that's really bringing you into this whole experience. Uh, they talked about magic material a little bit. So the example they use is lightning and it shows Aerith casting lightning and it's, it looks like a lightning strike literally from the clouds. It actually has two arcs of lightning coming down and hitting the enemy. So in particular, they say that lightning material lets you use lightning elemental magic, such as thunder material will develop as you use it, allowing you to use even more powerful magic. Thunder evolves from Thunder to Thundera to Thundaga. That sounds a bit like Grandia's system. If you recall, the more you used Burn, it would evolve into Burn Flame and, and, and further on down the line. So it doesn't sound like you're going to be finding more. I, I'm sure you'll be able to find um, material down the road that is already, you know, to the Thundaga level. But it sounds like it really gives an incentive to want to develop this material. And that was always one of my favorite parts of Grandia was uh, using your magic and making it better. I wonder if that'll work for all magic. I assume so. So Cure will turn to Cura, Curaga down the world. Uh, they talked about time um, material as well. This is a material that lets you use time magic, such as haste to increase the action speed of your party. Slow to slow down the action speed of enemies, or stop to temporarily halt enemy movement. This magic bestows a target with a time-related state change. Very cool stuff. Uh, we talked about the elemental support material as well. They've got that. So they detailed summons a little bit, but we kind of already knew this. Uh, they say by equipping that summon material, you can call out summon monsters after a dedicated summon gauge fills during battle. Summon monsters will fight automatically and will unleash a powerful special move before they return. Uh, they talk about Ifrit. He's a fire summoned monster with a ferocious demonic form. Although he is a merciless beast that relentlessly burns everything to dust, he is also a reassuring ally once he lends you his strength. Locations in Final Fantasy VII have been faithfully recreated in high quality. Several locations that could not be explored in the original version have also been added. So we're talking about these seven sector slums at this point. These slums will leave the seven section plate, a dim town where the sky is blocked off. Its buildings are made out of the scraps produced during the construction of Midgar. From the seventh heaventh bar to the beginner's hall by its vigilante committee, the seven sector slums are home to a lively community uh, they detail the seventh heaven bar they say it's a bar in the seven section slums a place for laborers to relax every night 
It is known for its famous cocktail, the Cosmo Canyon, and the smelling face of its showgirl Tifa. There's also a darts game where the men of the town compete for the highest score. After closing, Seventh Heaven becomes the base of operations for the anti-Shinra organization Avalanche. Uh, this one set, um, picture of the slums is pretty cool. It says uh, there's the item shop, and there's a sign for it that hangs up up above uh, where you can see. Below it, it actually says, Today's Special High Potions. I thought that was such a cool little little thing. Like, I don't know if that's going to change, you know, every day or, uh, you know, further down the line, that would be something different. But, again, like I said before, just those little details are getting me super, super excited. Uh, they also released a uh, five-minute or so uh, trailer, not trailer, but they showed the uh, full Abzu battle. Uh, you couldn't see this. Um, you could see it in last week's uh, gameplay section from Tokyo Game Show, but this really just highlights it and really shows up. And you can clearly see Cloud with the Rune Blade. So... Exciting, exciting. I, I've i said it before. I didn't want to be as excited about this game, but it's like impossible not to be. The fever pitch is only going to grow. Uh, we're coming up on, uh, it's almost October, so six months, and we'll have have this game. It's We're right on that threshold of they're showing an awful lot about this game, and... Showing a lot of detail, which is obviously making myself and many others super excited. But I really would like them not to show too much more. That would be nice. Uh, we shall wait and see what Square Enix does. They are they're banking on this one, guys. Do you remember when Final Fantasy Fifteen came out? They're like. We need to sell 10 million copies for it to be profitable. I don't know if they ever actually got to that point. Maybe with the DLCs and all that, they they got to that point. This, I don't think they're going to do that again with like saying a number that it needs to sell out. But this game's been in development for a long time. If they cannot sell this one well, they can't sell anything well. So all the marketing, all the the push is going to be hot and heavy. We're going to see this one pub like it was a major Hollywood theatrical release. Um, I've already seen like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well, but I see pop-ups for it. Like in your advertising as you're, as you're browsing online, different websites. It's popping up in standard advertising. Um Amazon wants me to pre-order it, you know, th- those type of deals. So it's going to be major, guys. Just get uh, get ready to, to write. So definitely go check out my uh, YouTube video. It really details and shows what I was talking about there. Um, <clears throat> of course, you can find that JRPG report. Search on YouTube. You'll find that in my live streams and a couple other old trailers. I mean, I'm going to try to put a little more effort into those here real soon. Um, that is our main story. So let's take just a quick break, have a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with the rest of episode 79 of the JRPG Report. All right, guys, we got a bunch of smaller stories to kind of 
punch right through, and then we'll get to our uh, later uh, featured content. But let's first talk about um, PC owners that are looking forward to Grandia HD Remaster are going to have to wait just a little bit longer. The game has been delayed until October 15th. Um, obviously, it was planned to come out in September. September only has a few days left, so you kind of maybe thought maybe this uh, delay was coming. Um, on October 15th, the already available Grandia 2 Anniversary Edition will be renamed and updated to Grandia 2 HD Remaster. Additionally, Gung Ho Online Entertainment America will release an update for Grandia HD Collection on Switch on November 12th, which will address various user feedbacks. More information will be announced at a later date. Uh, this uh, message comes straight from Gung Ho Online Entertainment America. They say, thank you for your shared excitement regarding the release of Grandia and Grandia 2 HD Remasters on the PC. Since the launch on the Switch, we've been uh, closely following your feedback and comments across all available channels of communication. We'll continue to concentrate on creating the best experience for our audience on both the Switch and PC. We are taking our time to resolve these issues. So, the standard, uh, <laughs> standard response on the... Uh, on the delay there. It's a bit of a bummer, but uh, it's there were some technical issues with the Switch uh, release. Um, so they've probably been working hard to get that and maybe just didn't have the resources to do both of these. So if you're looking forward to those, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. Uh, news out of Nintendo in level five they announced that Yokai Watch 1 for the Switch will support online battles. Lang players to battle friends, both nearby and distant. This game was coming out on October 10th in Japan. Still no word on a Western release. Huge week over in Japan for JRPGs. I don't know what somebody was thinking at all these companies uh, for all these to come out on the same day, but uh, it's going to hurt initial sales. There's no other way to put it. So, um, this week, Japanese gamers have Dragon Quest XI S, Echoes of the Loose of Age for the Switch. Def oh, sorry, Definitive Edition. Got put that in there. For the Switch, Yeez 9, Monstrum Nox for PS4, Code Vein, and Atelier Raza, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout, among others. Including uh, the there's a new Contra game that came out, and as an old school Contra fan, it really pains me to see somebody call this like the worst game of a generation. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't played a Contra game in a long time, but it's kind of like, but yeah. So four huge, huge tiles coming out today in Japan. Of course, we will get most of these in a month or so. Um, I did have a chance to play the Code Vein demo, and sadly it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, just it's probably a fine game. A lot of people are looking forward to it. It looks pretty cool. Like I like the graphical style of it. Um, it just wasn't for me. There's kind of like, you know, each attack lowers this bar on the screen and so like basically after depending on the the and i understand what they were doing it's just not something i want to get into 
each swing of it lowers it. Like if you have a bigger, heavier item, it lowers it even more. Yeah, I just, I just wasn't. Maybe if I give it more time, but it just didn't kind of really grip me. So I'm just, I'm sad to say that as it was something that was, you know, pretty excited to try to try out, but it's just not for me. Uh, we've got two live streams coming up here. Uh, the first one is going to be September 6th at uh, 2100 Japan Central Time, and it's going to actually last for about four hours. And this will be for Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, Echoes of the Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Um, you have to check on YouTube to see if you can find those links. I don't have those uh, yet. This part one of the broadcast will feature Dragon Quest creator Yuri Hora and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Director uh, Sakurai, who will have a special discussion. Part two will invite the Japanese voice actors of the game to uh, discuss the series as well as celebrate the release of the game when the clock strikes midnight. So pretty cool that uh, this is coming out worldwide. Uh, This will start on the 26th and end on the 27th, the release date. Um, There's also a Persona 5 Royal uh, Newcomer Preparation Special Atlas will host. Um, The next day on the 27th at 2100, or at 20. Oh, oh, Japan Central Time. You'll be able to watch it on YouTube. The broadcast is meant for those who will be interested in the Persona series but have yet to play it. It will answer questions like what is Persona 5 and where can I start the Persona series from uh, with a bunch of people. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. There's fans names. I'm not sure that's really significant or not. So obviously you'll need to know your Japanese or uh, rely on the sometimes reliable translation to uh, to be able to understand this. Um, if you're all interested, check it out. If you are a persona... So check this out. If you are looking forward to Royal, but you don't necessarily want to wait that long, get on your PlayStation now. There is still that Days of Japan sale going on. I, th- I think it's through the 28th, so... It may already be over. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but at least see if that popular in Japan sale is still going on. They have Persona Five. Now you can get this on the. I think it's on Greatest Hits now for twenty bucks, brand new. You can get it digitally for twelve dollars right now. That's a crazy deal for that game. Such a great game. It's it's long, so I mean you're going to get beyond your money's worth on this one. Uh, if I was going to answer where she'd start the Persona series from, it, it'd be a part three. Um, you are not going to be able to find part one and two. Um, unless you want to pay out the wazoo for it. Three is where they start to hit their stride. Four and four golden obviously are the benchmark of where you can start from, but there's parts of threes that was just really, really cool. And uh, a little bit darker. Four was definitely more upbeat and poppy, and 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 better. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't, but you would definitely not go wrong. Now, I didn't care for that that part three port that they made. It was a little wonky. Uh, so if you can find um, Persona Three FES for PlayStation Two, that'd be the way I would go. 
obviously if you, if you uh, want to fire up Golden for your Vita, that is uh, the best way to go. Uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition has uh, released a new trailer highlighting the battle system. Here's an overview of raising and training from Ben Dynamco. Using the intricate party system found in Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition, create your dream Digi team and protect the world from powerful foes. Attack, guard, use items, and switch out to Digimon to defeat formidable enemies in strategic turn-based combat. Remember, here you'll heal your Digimon after the fight at the Digilab to ensure your Digimon are ready for the next battle. Game is due out for Switch and PC via Steam on October 18th. You can check out that trailer along with everything else we talk about on the old Facebook page. Yeast 9 Nostrum came out with two 11-minute gameplay videos. This was stemming from the demo back at TGS 2019. Um, you can see the playthroughs of the Ruin of the Dry Moat and Under Drain. Cloxia Maxima stages. <clears throat> you can check out those links as well as read a ton more about this upcoming game, which is actually um, going to be out any day now in Japan and sometime over here in the West. Uh, mobile game Square Enix released a second overview trailer for the more of the Visions Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. The trailer, narrated by Herman Marchini, M-A-C-H-E-R-I-E voice actor Lynn, introduced the strategy RPG's arms, vision card system, and summons. There's a trailer for that. This is an iOS and Android device game in Japan. Uh, it is... They may not be saying this, but this is kind of a spin-off kind of idea at least along the strategy RPG ones that they made Final Fantasy Tactics obviously I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to that it is a mobile game so you you know what you're getting with those Brave Exodus is not bad by any stretch it is it's their best attempt at a mobile game that has at least the Final Fantasy feeling to it so I have a feeling that this is going to try and have a Final Fantasy Tactics feel to it until they decide to make another one sometime, maybe. Uh, Square Enix was not done with the mobile arena as they released a Various Day Life, a daily life and adventure RPG made by the creators of Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler for the Apple Arcade. So this is a new one coming out. Um... It's got, you know, it's definitely got the staff for it, so maybe this one won't be bad. Uh, it's different, though. So, characters grow through everyday work. You build your strength as a warrior by performing manual labor or hone your magic skills as a secretary just transcribing powerful codices. With over 20 job classes and more than 100 types of work for those jobs to perform, you how you grow as a colonist is entirely up to you. 
choose what limited rations, items, and camping gear you can pack in your bags as you leave the safety of the city to confront the unknown in strategic expeditions. You'll battle monsters, bad weather, and food spoilage on the various frontiers of the land. When the going gets tough, you'll press onward. Will you press onward or retreat to explore another day? So it kind of has that uh, Oregon Trail feel to it. That's kind of cool. The innovative battle system, introducing a twist to the traditional job and ability turn-based battle. Work together with your allies to exploit the three chas, they say. Change your foe's condition, build up a chain of attacks, and seize your chance at inflicting heavy damage. There's a launch trailer to go on with that. I I like that they're trying something new. Um, like I said, they've got the pedigree of the staff to make this one fairly interesting. It looks pretty good. Like, from a graphical standpoint, it it looks the part. Uh, you're not going to be confused it's not a mobile game, but taking a chance, trying something new. I like it. Uh, this is only in Japan for right now, but Square Enix released a Final Fantasy VII and VIII Remaster Twin Pack for the Switch. Sometime later this year, it will support both English and Japanese language options. Pre-orders are available now at PlayAsia for forty nine ninety nine. Um, physical copies of this game is always a good thing that they're both only available digitally so you're paying a little bit more uh, for the physical copy but keeps uh, for those fantasy purists like myself pretty cool I can imagine this coming west this seems like a no brainer um if it does well, I can uh, I can see that happening. Uh, Game Freak released a new 30-second trailer for Little Town Hero, its upcoming RPG for the Switch, due out exclusively on the Nintendo eShop on October 16th for $24.99. It's not a very long trailer, but here they say, the, uh, they ask, got any ideas, Hero? The story is set in an isolated village on the edge of the world. The only gate leading outside is heavily guarded by a castle, and the villagers are not allowed to leave. Most of the villagers don't give it a thought and happily go on their everyday lives. However, the protagonist is a little different from the others. He wants to see the outside world. One day, a monster appears in the village, shocking everyone because they thought until then, no one knew such creatures existed. The protagonist is able to fight using a mysterious red stone he found in the coal mines. In the course of his defense of the village, he gradually unveils secrets of how the stones and the monsters came to be. Unlike most RPGs, there's no need to fight weak monsters repeatedly to level grind and little town hero. Instead, you'll need to have a good strategy to fight each boss monster one-on-one. Will the protagonist live the adventure he craves and escape the Hundurum village life? Key features include a challenging battle system, which relies heavily on coming up with new ideas and strategy, a compact story progression design with the busy gamer in mind, and soundtrack by Toby Fox, the composer of the background music for Undertale. Exciting game coming out. Um, $24.99, very good price. Coming out at a, at a good time on the 16th. 
Again, this might be something I'll wait just a little bit for and see if I can catch it, you know, five bucks cheaper on sale somewheres. But promising looking title for sure. The latest issue of Dengeki PlayStation has new information on publisher Koi Tecmo and upcoming Gus upcoming <laughs> and developer Gus upcoming fairy tale game. Here are some of the tidbits. The main story alone should be about 30 hours of gameplay. There is side content, such as customer episodes and special costumes, so it should actually take longer than 30 hours. Game unique stories will appear, such as requests related to characters that do not appear much in the original manga or anime. There are more than 10 playable characters. There are costumes. Of course, downloadable content is being considered. As your guild rank increases, your magic links will become greater, and you can learn ultra magic esque legend class magic. By fulfilling the request of townspeople, you'll be able to upgrade your towns your guild's various facilities. Your barns with your party will deepen as you place them in your party or fulfill requests together. Battles are command based as previously announced. Play while considering things like when should I do this? Who should I do it to? What magic should I use? And who should I use it on? Uh, there are characters that support each faculty, job, and the like within the guild. Fairy Tale is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC worldwide sometime in 2020. So it just wouldn't be a week without some more Tilly Horizon news, right? Uh, this is uh, this is actually pertaining just to the Japanese release, so they've kind of updated. They've got a release schedule for uh, updates that are going on. So, um, if it comes out, let's say today or tomorrow, whenever you listen to this at the end of September, on October tenth, they will uh, add the photo mode, Lost Lamb Number Two, and Me and My Pony. Obviously, you can guess what photo mode. Uh, does for you. Lost Land number two is an ancient tool specialized in being attacked by Raza and her friends. The amount of damage dealt, number of chains, and the like against Lost Land number two will be recorded, and you can acquire item, you can acquire gems based on your score. Uh, this becomes a little available a little bit later in the story, so you've got to reach a certain point for that. Uh, goes along. Uh, ponies are kind of the mascot for the Atelier series, the uh, little. And they're not slimes or jellies, but little blobs of uh, smiley face looking goo that uh, they just feel they're just they're in the same thing as slimes is they just feel so good to just early level destroy. Now you can raise your own pony by finning it. Its stats and appearance will change and it will bring back items when it goes out on a journey. Enjoy various transformations while raising your puny. This will become available about halfway through the game. Uh, update number two will just go on sometime in October. The content is the advanced exploration patch. Certain skills upgraded cap level increased to 99, and weapon upgrades are expanded, as well as the high difficulty patch. Uh, we'll add the legendary difficult mode. And update number three will happen sometime in November, and that will be the gathering synthesis level cap will increase from 99. To 100, so I dare say we will get a uh, a staggered release like that. You know, about a month and or two months after release, we'll see some of those things once it comes out 
over here in the West. That's all the news and notes for the week. Hope you enjoyed those. I've got one final little segment. Um, when I, you know, every once in a while when the content's a little light, I always put out the call to the Facebook page and they always, uh, come through with cool things, uh, to talk about. Some of them, um, are ideas that, uh, we'll talk about today. One of them was, uh, kind of counting down, uh, what, see if I can find the actual, um, Jeff suggested this would be a more a recurring segment, but pick a game console and list the five essential JRPGs that everyone needs to play for each system. I agreed. Sound like something that could be reoccurring, and I thought it would be a great idea for today's podcast because it was going to be really short. Then all the FF7 remake stuff comes out, so we're actually probably going a little bit longer than I thought it would, but it won't take long to get through this. Uh... <laughs> So that'll be something that pops up from time to time. Han said, we need a JRPG set in the zombie apocalypse. And he adds, and South Park, the stick of truth doesn't count. He actually loves that game. I agreed. Like, we, you see all these crazy Japanese games like high school girl zombie apocalypse simulator shooters, but there's no JRPG in that genre. So I thought that was something that would be... Um, That'd be perfect. Uh, Jeff also said, take your top 15 JRPGs coming out and rank them based on your excitement level. Hans gave me an awesome link of all the ones coming out in 2020. Stay tuned for that one. Um, I'm actually going to be out of town next week. Me and the wife are hitting up Nashville to go see the Black Keys. Uh, One of our bucket list items. So we're going to spend a couple days down there exploring one of our favorite cities. And uh, I'm thinking if I have time, I'll make this a little Sunday special recording and uh, release it for you guys next week as there will not be a regular uh, news JRPG report. We'll just have to catch everything up in two weeks. Uh, Jordan had some really great ideas for future Sunday special podcast. Uh, Just a quick note on those. Those are coming. Um, we are, I, I teased this in one of the other podcasts. We're in the process of moving. So uh, closing is coming up here in a few weeks. We'll have the whole transition and getting set up in the new studio. So once things have calmed down from the move and I've got a, a dedicated space with a little bit more time on my hands, those will definitely be coming back. I'm not going to say it's going to be every week, but... That's definitely something that I want to bring back. So his ideas was, this is a perfect topic. Uh, the best JRPG villains of all time. Um, his first suggestion is one of the most obvious, and that is Luca Blight's in Sukunen 2. Absolutely phenomenal character. Um, there's others that we should... We'll definitely talk about that. That sounds like a good one. Um... Uh, discuss key elements of major series. For example, he says, what makes a Tales game a Tales game? What makes a Trails game a Trails game? What makes a Final Fantasy? What makes a Dragon Quest? Those are certainly things that we should talk about more in the future. So thanks to everybody on the Facebook page for coming up with some awesome ideas. Look forward to a few more of those here soon. want to give a nice shout-out to uh, Akram, or Akram. I'm not actually sure how you pronounce your name, sir, but 
a new like on the Facebook page, and we have some new follower or new subscriptions on the YouTube channel. Uh, we got Palu, Free Flow, and uh, an awesome, awesome name. His name is the number two B, two B from. My mind just went completely blank. I'm sure you're you're screaming at me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just completely thought of lost the name of to be or not to be. That's that's the guy's um that's the guy's name. I cannot think of it. I'll think of it here in a little bit. Wow. Complete brain <laughs> uh complete brain meltdown. It's gone, guys. I can't I can't think of it. I'm gonna have to pause on a live broadcast and um and look this up because this is going to kill me. Near Automata. Oh my gosh. I've never, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done something like that. I'm so sorry. Okay. Let's just, let's just move past that one. Okay. Uh, the switch list. So I'm going to quickly mention all the honorable mentions for switch JRPGs. And these are not all of them. These are not all the ones that only I've played. Um, these are just ones that are either JRPGs or inspired by them that I went down the list and I saw, I said, Hey, that's a good game. I like those. So there's a ton of the Atelier series on there. Not all of them, but most of them are on the switch. Uh, child of light was one of my favorites. Battle chasers, dragon's dogma. Uh, the final fantasy series is what percent. You got seven, eight, nine, 10, 10, two, and 12. Definitely check those out, especially the 10, 10, two remasters and 12 phenomenal games. Fighting Little three houses, uh, Grandia HD collection, a little, maybe a little pricey, but, uh, that'll certainly, I'm sure that'll come down at some point. Um, Mario and Rabbids kingdom battle is a very fun little time. Uh, me and my daughter actually really enjoy that one. Uh, the secret of mana trilogy is out there as well. Um, as well as the Valkyria Chronicle, and uh, Yeez 8. So those are the ones that I know of. There's more, but uh, that's the big ones. Now, here's the list. If you've not played these, go out and get them one way, shape, or form. Now, today's the 26th or 25th of September. You can't buy this one to the 27th, so save your money. Go get Dragon Quest Eleven. It's the quintessential example of a JRPG. It did everything right. They brought it up to today's standards. And this definitive edition looks to do everything even more right. It's uh, it's one I'm going to have to pick up. Um, I can't play it right now because the wife is dominating Link's Awakening at the moment. Must have Dragon Quest XI. No doubt about it. Uh, this one just came out last week. I've not played it on the Switch yet, but it's one of my favorites. In my opinion, it is the example of what it, uh, the PS3 JRPG experience uh, was about the pinnacle of it, and that was Nino Kuni. Loved, loved that title. So charming. The Studio Ghibli effect is in full effect. Everything that was lost in Part 2 is because Part 1 was done so well. So definitely pick pick that one up. I'll be honest, I have not played Octopath Traveler yet, but I know it's a great game. 
It's been so well reviewed. It is a game that's at the top of my list that I need to play. I understand. Don't yell at me. I know. <laughs> There's only so much time for so many games, guys. That is the reality of life. But it is it's beyond it belongs in the pantheon of you must own Switch JRPG titles. Um not a new game, but an old game that was done perfectly. Tales of Vesperia. It, I hesitate to say it's my favorite Tales game because I truly love Abyss. I truly love Graces. I love Exilia 1. I love Berseria. And it's so it's easily in my top five immediately. It's the best old school one, perhaps. Although Abyss was good. It's it's all subjective. By and large, it is regarded as the best Tales game by fans. And I completely respect that, and I agree with it. I had a maybe personal love with some of the other ones more, but it is phenomenal. Must go pick it up. You can catch it on sale uh, from time to time as well, so definitely get that. Now, these weren't in any order, but the game that I put the most time into... Is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I think last count was getting close to 200 hours. And that's not counting. I actually didn't love Golden Country. And I didn't put a whole lot of time into that. So I could easily put many more hours into this game and still love it. I did absolutely everything I thought I could do (laughs) in this title. It just clicked for me. It was just love. Pure love. There are some graphical limitations because it's on the Switch, you'll see some pop-ups and some weird type things. But I just thought it was so well done. Great story, great characters. Um, enjoyable through and through. Just challenging enough. Um, I just I, The exploration was, was... You really wanted to go out there and explore these. You know, look over the next hill at what's coming up. Go out and fight those battles or run away from a, a monster that's... Way too uh, too high of a level for you to try to try to get into. So that's my list. You gotta hone these ones. Don't um, don't think twice about it. Those are check marks. Quickly, ones coming up here uh, in the next little bit that you should look forward to. And those these will be a little preview. Some of these will be on, if not all of these will be on the upcoming. Uh, 20 looking ahead JRPG podcast. Christ Tales, Little Town Hero, Mist Over, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Star Ocean vs. Departure, Trials of Mana, Xenoblade Chronicles, the original one. Hope you enjoyed that. That's my little Switch segment. Let me know your thoughts. Get on the uh, JRPG Report Facebook page and say, Ah, your list is terrible. I don't like it. Why would you even think about putting that title on there? Um, for the record, um, Breath of the Wild is not a JRPG. It does not belong on that list, nor should it be on any JRPG. It's an action game. Um, quickly, I played Mistover, the uh, time trial for it. You can check that out at any time. It's it's different. I wouldn't say it's a game that I'm going to get because it's it is very different. But it did some really fun things. I think I'm going to make a quick video about my uh, 
my experience with it and kind of uh, show in detail what uh, what this game is all about. But it's not bad. It's just eh, maybe not not exactly what I thought it was going to be. But that's okay. That's why they do those things. It is a timed demo. So I wasn't sure what that meant if you got to uh, play it for a day or <laughs> up to a certain level, you know, a couple hours into the game, whatever it would be. No, it's literally a timer is counting down as you're playing this thing. And uh, it slows down in combat, um, but it definitely goes at real time when you're out exploring. So you've, you can do it as many times as you'd like to, however it is. You know, tick, 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 clock is uh, ticking on you. And I'm going to try to make a video for my Trails of Cold Steel 3 demo experience. It's glorious, guys. <laughs> I was hesitant to play it, like I said, but your save progress goes through to the next. Uh, you can just pick right up there. It's almost everything I could have wanted uh, in a demo. So here in a couple of days, if you want to hit up YouTube and see my full thoughts on it. It gets my extreme thumbs up so far. If you are new to the uh, Trails series, it's a good place to to just check out and see if you like it or not. You're going to be lost. You definitely want to sh uh, check out the recap to, to know what's going on. I would highly, highly recommend playing 1 and 2 at the very least before getting into this one. You're not going to know what's going on. But uh, the first thing that was, obviously there's a graphical bump in this one. Well, well needed. But the one of the best things I thought, and this is so much of a minor detail, but it's huge. When you break the crates and stuff that's all over in the dungeons, your character just automatically picks up the item and it goes into your inventory. No more of the, does a crate have anything in there or not? No, it didn't. Or I'm standing on it and I can't see it. Oh my gosh, I'm standing on it, but the X button has not allowed me to pick it up yet. <laughs> no no more of that ridiculousness. It automatically just goes into your inventory. Um, a welcome welcome thing. The uh, battle system has been overhauled in the most best way possible. It takes just a minute to get used to if you're used to the wheel. But once you get going, it's just like Persona 5. It's quick, quick, quick. Bang, bang, bang. Super well done. I was so relieved to see Reen's, uh, Reen's crafts have changed. I don't have to see the same uh, things over and over. And there's some new arts on there. Um, obviously, all the new skills and new characters are all present. But check it out. You will not be disappointed. So we almost went an hour, guys. That's crazy. I didn't think this podcast was going to be that long, but I'm glad it was. Anyway, let's wrap up episode 79 of the JRPG Report. Thank you so much, guys, for checking in every week with us. Like I said, next week will be a special one. We'll be back with um, a brand new episode the following week and catch you up on anything we might have missed. Always check out the Facebook page. You can uh, keep up to date as I share things. Uh, as they come out pretty much um, on their new stories. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube as well. Give us a like and subscribe. We've always got uh, not only my live streams at night, but I try to make videos, and then um, I make a video podcast 
of uh of this recording as well so i'd appreciate your support over there if you'd like to support the podcast there is a link at the bottom of the page you can do that i would be super appreciative as we try to keep this thing growing and growing but that's it for today guys my name has been james fisher well it is james fisher (laughs) it hasn't been anything other than that this has been jrpg episode 79 till next time guys get back out there and level up